what'd you do? I went on with my life. I created some special new superheroes. Uh, they were characters that reflected my own heartbreak and my own regrets. How so? Dr. Doom wears body armor to conceal his own mangled form, right? Yeah. Okay. That was me beneath the armor. The Hulk. A normal guy one minute, a rage of emotions the next. Just like me when I thought about what I'd given up. So you created each character as a way to deal with your one big regret. Yeah, the girl that got away. Look, do yourself a favor, Brody. Don't wait. Because all the money, all the women, even all the comic books in the world, they can't substitute for that one person. I don't know, all the comics in the world? Trust me, true believer. Welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. This is Eric, and across from me is always Arwen. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies 1. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. You can also follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour on Facebook. Um, you can also subscribe to us. We like that. Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Right? Yeah. When was the first time you saw this movie? Oh. I'm sure it was with you. Well, it was definitely with me. I don't really know. It was probably on VHS. Oh, Yeah. It was, we rented this movie. Came out in '95. Yeah. So I think it was before Jason came along. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So probably between '97 and '98. Yeah, I think so too. Um, first time I saw this movie, I I was working at a pizza place in Bucyrus, Ohio, <laughs> and this dude had the clerk's soundtrack ah and we're listening to the clerk's soundtrack and uh that chewbacca what a wookie song mm-hmm. came on. and uh he was just dancing away and uh it was pretty funny i was like what's this from because i didn't recognize the band and he goes oh it's from a movie called clerks it's the greatest movie of all time i was like all right and uh he said, yeah, the, there's a uh, sequel to it. I'm like, really? It's like, yeah, it's called Mallrats. I'm like, all right. So I went to the video store, and I looked for clerks. They did not have clerks. <laughs> um, a small mom-and-pop place in Ohio. and uh, But they did have Mallrats. So I take Mallrats home, pop it in. And, uh, it was like watching me if I were directing a film. Okay. Uh, all his interests were my interests. Mm-hmm. Everything he talked about, I've talked about. And, uh, I fell in love with the movie. Um, 19, 20 year old me. Yeah. So... Uh, so yeah, uh, the movie is Mallrats. It is rated R from 1995. We own this on DVD, not Blu-ray. <laughs> I've had it in on DVD, and I think I've had it on VHS. We definitely had it on VHS. The director of this film 
is Mr. Kevin Smith. If you don't know his work, who the hell are you then? Why are you even listening? Uh, Kevin Smith, he's recently directed Yoga Hosers. He does public speaking. He's a podcaster. Um, you can look him up on YouTube right now and watch Fat Man on Batman, or I think it's called uh, Fat Man Beyond now because he doesn't just talk about Batman anymore. Okay. Um, but this was his second film uh, after Clerks, and it is not a sequel. It is set in the same continuity of Clerks, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But and and it stars two people from Clerks. Well, it doesn't even star them. They're kind of like adjacent characters in the movie. So we got that going for us. This movie stars Shannon Doherty. Um, she was famous for Beverly Hills 90210. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy London, who was Jeremy Londoning. Um, what else has Jeremy London been in? I know it's a TV series and uh Well it he's a twin. Yeah. And so a lot of people get his roles and his brother's roles mixed. I think Jeremy London played Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movies. No, not at all. That wasn't him? No, that was some other actor. Oh. Um let's see here. Thank my button call me Mandy. He was in a movie called The Babysitter in ninety five. Okay. Um, what looks like to be a lot of crappy movies. Yeah. Um, trying to see if there's anything in here. Journey to the Center of the Earth TV miniseries. Of course. He was on Party of Five. Oh. That's the one. So he's probably most famous for being on Mallrats and Party of Five. And 37 episodes of Seventh Heaven. Oh, okay then. Yeah. He's on garbage television. Yeah, stuff I wouldn't watch. Yeah. Um, I think this is Jason Lee's first movie, you know. Mm-hmm. My name is Earl. Claire Forlani. She plays uh, Renee. Brandy. Brandy. That's what I meant. Renee was played by Doherty. Uh, and the only thing I ever remember her from is Meet Joe Black. Yeah, she's she's still acting, but it's not a thing that we've watched. Yeah. If you've never seen Meet Joe Black, it's like watching uh, paint dry. It's it was very rough. slow. Yeah. Uh, ben Affleck's in this movie. Oscar award winning Ben Affleck. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams from somewhere in this neighborhood that we live in. Yeah, she's an Arkansas girl. Yeah. Um, Renee Humphrey. Mm-hmm. Trish the Dish. Uh, Jason Mewes, who almost didn't get this part. Because he was on too much drugs? No. Oh. Uh, the studio wanted, uh, I think, Jason Biggs. It, no. Is that why he was in James Probably. Silent Pop? Okay. Um, Ethan Supley. Uh, he was, at this time, he was on Boy Meets World. Oh, okay. So, like, he played the bully on Boy Meets World. Mm. Big guy. Um, we got a Stanley cameo, Michael Rooker, he's Mary Poppins, y'all. And, uh, then we got Sven Ole Thorson. Um, he's really popular, uh, amongst people who like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Uh, he's in 
almost all of them in the 80s and 90s. And then we got the man himself, Kevin Smith. He's in this movie as well. And Priscilla Barnes. Uh, yeah, Priscilla Barnes. I forgot to write her name down. Um, and she's famous for being Terry on Three's Company. So there you go. Let's talk about the opening credits at first. Okay. I believe they were all drawings by Jim Lee. Yeah. They were comic book covers. They were very 90s looking comic book covers. They very much were. Um, in that 90s style. Um, I really can't explain it. Lots of shoulder pads. Lots of tiny big feet, muscles. Big boobs. Big boobs. Yeah. Uh, the 90s was a little, a little weird when it came to comic books. Is when I started reading comic books. Uh, and I would read uh, X-Men and Spider-Man and uh, I forget what else. A lot of image stuff that was coming out at the time. Uh, Wildcats, um, Cyber Force, just crazy like X-Men clone basically. Yeah. Uh, comic books. And uh, we, we meet T.S. And he's going to pick up Brandy because they're going to go away. To Universal Studios Florida. The intent is TS is going to propose to her. Right. But she can't make it. And why is that? Because the girl that was going to be on her father's game show died. Yeah. So the night before, or the day before, she said to TS that she was going to be on Truth or Date, this game show. Uh, that Brandy's father is running and he says, oh, uh, you know, the camera puts on 10 pounds and she obviously had body dysmorphia or something like that. And she decides she's going to go to the pool and just do laps and she gets an embolism, pops in her head, boom, dead. And that's that with her. This opening score, like this whole interaction that T.S. and Brandy are having, uh, aside from the flashes over to uh, Rooker, uh, Mr. Svenning. Yeah. Uh, Michael Rooker. Uh, and, yeah, you get to see Michael Rooker's butt. Yeah. Yeah, it's and a thing. It's Yondu's butt. That's what it is. It's not blue. No, not blue at all. Uh, yeah, but uh, it sounded like a soap opera to me. Very much. A lot of, like, stringed instruments. Kind of. Kind of weird. It kind of reminded me of Saved by the Bell music. Yeah. Again, this is Kevin Smith's second movie. He dropped out of film school. What do you expect? Um, I actually think it was filmed very well. Yeah, it's filmed It's filmed pretty good. I mean, he's worked since this movie. <laughs> we cut from this. We go to Brody and Renee. She's waking him up because he's just a slacker. I'm curious if the knocking sound that we hear is actually the sound from his skull. It might be. Because that is one hell of a knock. Brody is living in his mom's basement. He has stacks of comic books everywhere. Um, all the posters on the wall were either Marvel Comics or some sort of video game. Yeah. Uh, he's... Had a game on pause all night while he slept. Uh, and this shows, like, Kevin Smith, he loves hockey. Mm -hmm. Wears hockey jerseys. And his love for hockey comes out in this movie. It comes out in Dogma. 
it comes out in Clerks. So every movie that he does, well, at least these first couple movies, uh, some, hockey somewhere. Some some about hockey is going on, and you know he's got a very he's got a love affair with uh, with Canada, and uh, he loves Canada. He's doing his Canada trilogy. Uh, he's got one more movie to go though. Mm-hmm. Moose Jaws. It's like it's like Jaws except it's a moose. Yeah, but Brody's room is just totally geeked out. Geeked very much. Um. It's the room I probably would have wanted back in 1995. Mm-hmm. Just stacks of comics everywhere. I can go back, look at them, categorize them. You know, it's just something I'd like. We did have comics in our room. Oh, yeah. Room. We had quite we had a few boxes. 12 long boxes of comics. But uh, we live in a digital world now. Yeah. And it's much nicer. It's a lot cleaner. So, um,. <laughs> Brody frames the uh, the letter. Yeah. That Renee dumps him with. She, like she throws a letter at him, um, and he's like, "What? You're dumping me?" You know, and uh, she leaves. Yeah, it's kind of funny how she has to leave this room. Yeah, she has to crawl through the basement window mm-hmm. to get out because uh, she's never met Brody's mom, which is weird. Yeah. Um, T.S. shows up at Brody's place, and uh, their conversation is strange. I don't like Jeremy London's acting. He's flat. Wooden. Yeah, he's wooden. He's flat. It it just, uh, he really brings it down. Mm-hmm. Like, if they'd have gotten somebody like maybe Jason Biggs <laughs> to play uh, T.S., I think that would have worked out pretty good, actually. Yeah, I could have seen that. I could have seen that. No offense to uh, Jeremy London, you know. I know he listens to this podcast, but uh, it's hard for me to say that he did a good job in this movie. For the time frame, though, I I enjoyed it. Well, yeah, I still enjoy watching it. We enjoy the movie. I'm not saying that that it brings the movie completely down and out because there's all the other elements that are involved in this film. Um. Fun fact about this movie, Fargo was filming nearby. Okay, interesting. And uh, the, uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen had to take all the snow. I remember hearing this story. Yeah, um, I, I believe it's told by Kevin Smith in the DVD commentary. So, um, they go to the mall. And the mall is, it's Easter. Our Easter season, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, uh. It's just uh, getting decked out with that stage for truth or date. Brody gets hit in the face. He he lands on his back. What's funny is that you see these tower sections being moved around mm-hmm. throughout the entire film. Yeah. Whether it's in your face or in the, in the background. And it's like even when the stage is fully built, you're still seeing people walk around with these tower pieces right. in the background. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, inexplicable how much of that tower that needs to be built. It's probably the same piece being moved around. It most likely is. Um, I wrote down that Brody has uh, one emotion. Outrage. He's just always yelling and angry about something. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. He's mad at it. Yeah. So, it's kind of funny. I I know a person like that. Um, And I don't know how he... uh, functions 
Anyway, um, they walk up to a guy named Willem. Willem is from Clerks. They call him Bizarro Willem, actually. Yeah, because he's not the same actor. No. In Clerks, he was played by Scott Mosier, and uh, he was also called Snowball. I'm not going to get into why. No, please don't. But, uh, but that was Willem. Now Willem is at the mall staring at these 3D images. Like, it's Man, magic eyes. Those magic eyes were everywhere they during were, the 90s. They were in the mall. You'd walk up to them. And you try to see the image. Now, I have seen the images. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that it's hard to see the images. People are like, you got to relax your eyes. I don't know how to do that. I had to cross my eyes to see it. Yeah, I had to do something like tilt my head or something like that. But I would see it. And like they'd sell calendars or like art like for your wall. Yeah. You just have that on your wall. This one happens to be a sailboat. Everybody sees it but Willem. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the running gag with Willem. He's just there. He's got his lunch yeah. packed. And he's going to see that damn sailboat. He's he's kind of dirty looking, too. Like, he's got stains on his yeah. shirt. Like, did he eat there? Oh, or, you know. I think that that dude hasn't moved from that spot in, like, months. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Other than going shopping at the Quick Stop the day before. Well, he had to eat. <laughs> I wrote down something about Brody's shirt. Now, what do we know about Brody's shirt? I know this, and I don't remember. It's a, like an amalgamation of faces mm-hmm. of the cast. Okay. And uh, they made a t-shirt out of it for Brody to wear. Weird. Yeah. And uh, at first, when I look at it, the first time I was like, oh, it's Charles Manson or that's something. And, yeah. and it, it's really a just a blobby, facey looking thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's just a oh, bunch of faces put together. So, you know, right around this time. We see Jay and Silent Bob. Now they're playing outside of a uh, of a pet store. Yeah, I miss pet stores in the mall. Like I know why they don't have yeah. them anymore, and it's a good reason they don't. Yeah. But it was so nice to go to the mall and pet a dog. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like our very own petting zoo that we didn't have to pay for. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I remember pet stores in the mall. I believe they were. To stop that practice because of, you know, mass producing yeah. uh, puppies. Mistreatment of animals. Uh, animals would get bought and then be abandoned. Well, also, puppy mills, you know. Yeah. That was a big problem. Then people now, would buy lizards. Yeah. I mean. Now, now you've got PetSmart and they bring in the local shelters. Yeah. And you know that the animals are more taken care of. Mm-hmm. Except for the birds. The birds are just always there. The birds and the the uh, fish, lizards. And the lizards. Yeah. So, yeah, pet stores in the mall was a thing. Um, people who watch this in fifteen years are gonna go. How is there a pet store in the mall? Right. There's a couple things at this mall that I don't really see in malls anymore. Like the rug store. Well, yeah, there's a rug store. The, the titles of the stores were changed, and yeah. they're hilarious. Yeah, I think one was called Rug Munchers. That was the rug uh, store, yeah. Gerbils, gerbils, gerbils. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, in the opening scene, Brody's telling a story about his uncle Walt, I think. It was some uncle of his. And how he kept going to the gerbil store. Oh, yes. And buying, you know. Cats. Cats. 
he goes, how the hell else am I going to get a gerbil out of my ass? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of inappropriate Brody stories. Brody has some strange stories. <laughs> uh, Brody is related to Randall. He's his, he's Randall Graves' cousin. Oh, okay. Um, Randall runs the... Quick stop. No, the, the video, video store. store. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also see Dante Hicks' cousin. Is Gil? that what we call him? Gil Hicks? It's funny that actor plays somebody named Hicks in every yeah. role he's in. Yeah, he's always the cousin of Dante. That's funny. They're all cousins named Hicks. So they want to tear down that stage. Yeah, they want to sabotage the, the show. Now, Svenning has this chief of security guy named LaForce. He wears this like straw hat. Not straw hat. What kind of hat is that? It's just this like flat a... pork pie hat. Is that what they call those? I don't know. It looks kind of like some 1930s, 40s kind of hat. All I remember is that like when I was young, we'd have street fairs and we'd get hats like that, but they was yeah. made out of foam. Yeah. So, and I never knew what they were called, but we'd wear them until they'd break probably within the hour of yet getting them. But yeah, Brody sees Brenda, not Brenda, Renee. Renee. And uh, she's at a clothing store. She's wearing different clothes than what we saw her in before. Mm-hmm. That's an on- another ongoing theme in this film. Is that, according to Smith, in her contract, she had a wardrobe change every scene. And she got to keep the clothing. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, contract edition. Now, I'm not saying that she was hard to work with. Because he's worked with her a couple more times uh, in bit parts. Uh, so he has had her back Mm -hmm. in in his movies. Um, most notably she was at the end of, uh, Jay and Sam Bob Strike Back. Uh, she was in the middle of it too during this, uh, reenactment of Scream. Yes. Um, did we talk about that in in some, uh, Scream? Where Jay and Sam Bob? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the movies were made around the same time and Jay and Sam Bob got to be in Scream and Wes Craven and Scream got to be in Jane Son and Bob Strike Back. Oh, that's possible. That has to be the only re- that's the only logical thing because if not then Scream 3, I think it is, is in the View of Skinniverse. <laughs> so, I don't know. That would be just a strange thing. I know that uh Shannon Dordery had a reputation for being hard to work with. Yeah, I hear it's better now. I'm sure it is. People grow up. Yeah. Entitlements kind of, you know, get taken away and you get knocked down a peg. She was on Charmed forever, though. She was on Charmed for a very long time. So she couldn't have been that hard to work with. Right. It could just be personalities. I feel like I watched her grow up now. Now I'm thinking about it because, like, she was on this, uh, like, nighttime soap opera called uh, Our House. Yeah, she was that. With uh, Mr. Wilford Brimley. Uh Uh-huh. From The Thing. She's... See, we can we can do callbacks to our other shows now. <laughs> yeah, she's gone up in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, she's gone through really charmed. personal things. I don't recall seeing her as an adult, adult like a mom role. I don't think I've seen her play I don't play think a I mom. have either. Um, a couple years from now, she could play a grandma. Ouch. Yeah. Women don't get the fair shake over there in the in No, Hollywood. they don't. They don't. Um. I watched a thing, uh, it was on Showtime a long time ago, it was called That Girl Who Was In That Thing, 
and this girl she's like 43 years old and she's playing dustin hoffman's mom who was 44 at the time yeah but since he looked younger she played his mom they could have been brother and sister a year right. apart, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was just a strange thing. Then they, they didn't really complain about it. They kind of laughed about it. The lady who played the mom in uh, Heroes, mm-hmm. she was one of the main people uh, talking about all these kind of like injustices for women in, it, in, in it Hollywood. It is. Um, it's a problem. You know, it... <sighs> Women are viewed completely different than men. You see these movies where there's a 50-year-old man and he is expected to get the the 17, 18-year-old girl. Yeah, because that's fair. That's stupid. <laughs> it's unrealistic. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we went on that rant, but we, we did. We did. And I don't mind. Uh, but Brody Caesar... And he gives, like, a list of demands, like, he wants to uh, split custody of the mall. Right. And, like uh, a divorce. He had, she has some of his stuff. And one of them was his Fletch uh, tape. Uh-huh. And, you know, Fletch is a very famous uh, movie with Chevy Chase. Right. I think Kevin Smith was going to, at one point, he was set to direct a third Fletch movie, and he liked Fletch one and two. I watched Fletch one and two. I don't think they're that great. No. Um. Maybe I'll watch it with new eyes. You know, like I tried with Blade Runner, but <laughs> yeah, that didn't go well. Uh. But I think I think Blade Runner was a good film, but I think it was overly hyped and overrated. For yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. But it, we the could hype say for it was people could say that about films that we love too. Yeah. But all my films are right. I I like all my films. Well, yes. By the way, we should just like just buy a bunch of David Lynch movies, just have them on tap because we got people that want to see like Eraserhead, and uh, I'm not watching Eraserhead again. And uh, uh, wasn't Blue Velvet on last night? Blue Velvet was on last night. Did he watch it? We watched a little bit of it. Yeah. Then, then I got ADD and decided to start flipping channels. So yeah. But I anyway. heard Blue Velvet is joining the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Good job, Blue Velvet. Criterion. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I, I am, don't know what that really means. I am so. curious. Yellow is on the Criterion Collection, too. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's it's some sort of prestige. I think it's like uh, preserving it. They're preserving oh, these movies. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So... And I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, send me a direct message on Facebook or <laughs> Twitter. But anyway, I, I really liked. Uh, I'd really like to get some David Lynch movies and talk about them on this. Uh, but yeah, I, I was talking about Fletch. It's one of Kevin Smith's favorite movies. He puts it into this movie uh, as like a hey, I like Fletch, you know? right? Um, because we're talking about Kevin Smith's fandom here. We're not talking about the overall narrative of this movie mm-hmm. is the narrative is really simple. Two guys, yeah, their girlfriends break up with them on the same day. They go to the mall. Their girlfriends are at the mall. They get back together. That is the plot in a nutshell yeah. for this movie. Very simple, but, but the journey is awesome. <laughs> um, 
Have you ever seen anybody get hurt on an escalator? No, I've heard about it. So, I've been on Reddit for a while. No, really. And sometimes I get bored and I go to really dark parts of Reddit. Oh, you go down that rabbit hole extensively, don't you? And uh, I saw one where the guy was coming up the escalator. There was a gap in the escalator suddenly Mm. and he fell into it. That dude died. Really? Yeah. Um, I've seen, uh, I just typed in escalator this morning. So I was watching escalator videos for this podcast. See, the research I do for this podcast is important. Yes, it is. Um, so yeah, uh, one guy, he, he was just standing there, you know, how people stand on the escalator all the way up until it pushes you off the escalator. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. And this guy finds out why. He's wearing flip-flops. He got his toe stuck, didn't he? No, his uh, his flip-flops got stuck. Oh. And uh, and then they, they it, 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 I think it tore up the gears of the, uh, the, the machine. But he didn't get hurt? No, he was fine. He just walked right off. Okay. He was just trying to get his shoes. I've seen people sitting on the escalator and their shirt comes off. Somebody just lost a toe recently, I heard. Yeah. So, Brody is just concerned for this kid. Well, yes. When he says, I hope that that kid gets caught in the escalator and a bloodbath ensues uh, to the mother. Yes. It was just Brody showing concern for the child. Uh-huh. And uh, later on, it's a background noise, but some kid got caught in the escalator. Well, it yeah, he, he mentions more than once that kid's on the escalator again. Yeah. Um, it, it's like a running gag. So There's a lot of running gags. Like, we see Willem scream at children. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's one scene where Willem's staring at the thing, and these two little kids come up, and he rolls his eyes. He's like, ugh, kids. And uh, one kid goes, ooh, it's a schooner. He goes, ha, 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 you dumb bastard. It's supposed to be a sailboat. And the kid goes, a schooner is a sailboat, stupid head. Then he proceeds to tell that kid that that's not really the Easter Bunny down the, down the way, that it's just a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. But... I don't believe that because the Easter Bunny was credited as Easter Bunny. Oh, really? Yeah. It's amazing that he could take time out of his busy schedule. Well, I don't think it was actually Easter time. So he was... Oh, yeah. yeah. Off-season, I'm sure he's got plenty of time. Yeah, off-season Easter Bunny. (laughs) What we got here is uh, our entrant number four. And her name is Trish. Mm Mm-hmm. They call her Trish the Dish. Nobody calls her that. What unique skill does Trish have? Well, she's 15. She is 15. 15 years old. And she's apparently a genius. Yep. She's graduated high school, right? Yep. She's doing her college thesis. Yep. On uh, male sexuality? Yeah, some sexuality. Yeah. Uh, She's got a whole notebook. Like, grass is when she goes outside, or they do it outside. Uh, smiley face inside, if, yeah. if she orgasms. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole system to her. It, it makes no sense. Iconography. Yeah. Um, but she's 15. Now, this poses a question. She's having sex with adult men. Yes. Uh, 
and underage 14 14 to like what 50 i think they said yeah yeah so and there's consent papers but mm -hmm. still it's still illegal yeah and highly unethical yeah so it's just a bizarre thing and like we just meet her at this point but she plays a huge part near the end yes um I kept calling Shannon Holden. So Ben Affleck played a guy named Shannon in this movie. He played Holden in Chasing Amy and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Right. My problem is I like Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back and I, I, and I always see him as Holden. So when they're talking to him, it's like Holden and yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so when I see Shannon, I think Holden, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, my question was, they ran into him earlier. Yes. And it was like bully type running into. Like, he intentionally ran into Brooke. Oh, yeah. He's a dill hole. Yeah. And he works at this place called the Fashionable Mail. Uh-huh. He likes having sex with women in the back of VAWs. Um, that is, that yeah, is exactly that's what, we're gonna what call they it. say. It. An uncomfortable place. Yeah. Um, that's a running gag, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a There's, lot of running games. This this movie was like watching a extended sitcom. Yeah, I could like, see that. Like, if there was a laugh track, people would have known where to laugh. You know? You don't need a laugh track to tell you <laughs> when to laugh. I hate that. <laughs> you do if it's a terrible, terrible movie. Or a terrible, terrible TV show. If it's a terrible TV show and they have to add a laugh track, maybe they shouldn't make the TV show. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I know I am. I'm right a lot of the time. <laughs> but, people uh, should listen to me more. Why do you think uh why do you think Shannon hates Brody so much? I'm not sure. They never really say that because yeah, no they say. Do they? Yeah. Because it like it's not just about Renee. No, it's not about Renee. Um What's the reason? Basically, he comes to the mall every day, oh, doesn't shop. He's he, a mall rat. That's mall why. Rat. Yeah. Yeah, he has no respect for someone without a shopping agenda. That's right. So that's um, what he says when he beats him up later, right? Yeah. Yeah. We we meet briefly Fanboy Walt and Steve Dave. Fanboy Walt and Steve Dave. They have a podcast now called Tell Him Steve Dave. Oh. But they also have Comic Book Man, that television yes. show, which is going into its last season now. I was going to say, I thought it got canceled. But like 10 seasons is pretty That's good. That's a really long time. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Kevin Smith. I've only watched like two. Yeah. I, I didn't like the show. I thought it was too uh, scripted. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brian Johnson looks so much different than he does now. Back then, he was skinny, kind of athletic looking. Mm-hmm. We know someone who had a big crush on him, too. Yeah. And now he looks like a Yeti. A little. Every now and then, he'll be on uh, uh, Impractical Jokers. Yeah. Because um, he's friends with Brian Quinn. Um. I think they went to the same school or something like that. Didn't we see a brief Brian Quinn cameo in this film? Not in this film. He's in uh, something else. I can't remember what he was in, but it wasn't this. I think it was Dogma. I want to say Dogma. I can verify that. Yeah. I could have sworn you said, there's Brian Quinn. No, it was Brian Quinn on the YouTube video that we watched, but it was blending all the movies together. It wasn't just this movie. Okay. That's what it was. Never mind. But uh, there's a comic book store in the mall. And when I was running that comic book store, 
-hmm. if we could have been in the mall. You would have had more foot traffic and more business. We would have had so much more foot traffic. Well, yeah. People Um, actually go to the mall. They don't go to, you know, podunk middle intersection. Yeah. Um, My comic book store was in a pretty good location, though. It was it was well within traffic. It was like a lot of traffic went by, but like, and I understand that the mall was pretty uh, expensive. Yeah, especially the mall in Mansfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we could have gotten some good real estate there, I think I think we would have we would have made bank there. We probably would have. Um, but this comic book is in the mall, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's New Jersey, and for some inexplicable reason, Stan Lee is signing books in yeah. 1995 at a mall. I don't mind that. It's plausible. It is plausible. But I, I, he only really went to conventions. He never just went to a mom-and-pop store or a mall store uh-huh. and signed books. Not, not in his later years, you know, the 90s to now. We see the blueprint, I think, at this point for the first time, right? Uh, we see the, the blueprint before, yeah, because blueprint number two comes in after that, which I loved the blueprints in this the movie. The blueprints are hilarious. Um, and Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, you know, Kevin Smith's comic book store in, in New Jersey, he used to sell actual blueprints of that, and they were hella expensive until somebody goes... You, you know, you just make that into a poster. And he was like, we never thought of that. What? Yeah. They were selling actual blueprints? Yeah, the actual blueprints on blueprint paper. Yeah. Instead of just making posters? Exactly. Oh, come on. I'm not kidding. This was before he was smoking weed, right? Uh, Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> eh, I don't know. He told this story on, uh, on one of his podcasts, I think Hollywood Babylon, because that's the one I listen to the most. It could have been Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Um, but yeah, he, he just like, oh yeah, I could do that. You know, they're, chi- they're cheaper now. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I think they were really expensive. The well, way, the way people, the way he was explaining it, it sounded like it was really expensive, but that first one was hilarious. And we knew a guy that always wanted to fill up sock full of quarters and just go beat the hell yes, out of somebody. Yes, we did. He was like, hilarious. Let's go fill up a sock full of quarters. Just beat the hell out of that guy. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. So, yeah, and he, like, at the beginning, when they're filling that sock full of quarters, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin, or Silent Bob, is sitting on the floor, and this little boy walks up to him, and he's holding this, like, toy truck, yeah. right? And uh, he just, like, raises his hand at him. He's like, yeah, you know? And the kid, like, runs away. So when it's time to do this, like, the plan was run up to LaForce, hit him over the head with a sock full of quarters, Pull that pin and bickety bam, the thing falls down. Right? Yes. He goes in. Wolverine There's a lot of style. flaws with this. Well, this Besides... is Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> yeah. This is the. This is the, like clerks. Jay and Silent Bob are kind of serious characters. They were goofballs. Well, yeah. But they were. They were there to sell drugs. From Mallrats on, these two are cartoon characters. Oh yeah. And in the literal sense as well as they had their. Clerks television series cartoon and Jay and Bo- Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie where they played cartoon characters. I will say I didn't watch Clerks for a long time. 
Yeah. I saw this movie way before that. Right. And I fell in love with the characters. Right. Because they're just so freaking funny. Yeah, I and, saw I saw Clerks right after I saw Mallrats because I eventually found Clerks at a blockbuster, I think. Oh, yeah. So I got to watch it. And I was almost mildly disappointed in the Jay and Silent Bob character because I wanted them to be... Well, one, I wanted them to be in the movie more. Mm-hmm. And two... They were, they were just too serious. They were very serious in Clark's So, I just... My favorite uh, Kevin Smith movie out of all these is probably Mallrats, where things were kind of yeah. defined yeah. in uh, in Kevin Smith's Askewniverse. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second time this happens, Kevin Smith in his DVD commentary... He says this was his defining moment as a director. He did a panning shot. <laughs> he he panned the camera. Because usually it's just camera in front of something. Right. Film it, cut it, go away. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe a little bit of back and forth. But usually stable cameras. This one did this sweeping Panasonic, whatever you call it, uh, pan. And then uh, up on top of a thing where... As we saw in the blueprints, Silent Bob was going to fly across the mall, <laughs> pull this pin that's at the top of the uh, stage, uh-huh. and bickety-bam, the thing falls down. Right. The first time it didn't happen because the kid rolled the the truck, mm-hmm. and Silent Bob lost his balance. He ended up bursting through a wall, and... Uh, this poor girl was changing her clothes. Yeah, Gwen. Yeah. And uh, so this time, it's foolproof. So he flies. He's got this rope tied around him. Flies across. Misses it. Keeps going. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know how velocity works in the view of Skinniverse. Because <laughs> he should have gone right back. Um, and he crashes into another wall. And this time, we get to see her boobies. Yep, this is uh, Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, Joey Lauren Adams, uh, most famously for Chasing Amy. Yes. I think. Um, but she was in Biodome. She's in a really good film that nobody ever talks about called Beautiful with Minnie Driver. Really? Yes. Never heard it, of it. Minnie Driver is uh, Who's a Minnie beauty Driver? queen. She's on uh, Speechless right now as the mother. Oh. Yeah, love her. But she's sexy. <laughs> yeah, she she is uh, trying to be Miss America, and Joey Lauren Adams' character is raising this child, and it turns out, you know, some of, I'm not going to ruin it, but it's a really good film. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, another thing about Joey Lauren Adams, I think she was in Big Daddy. Yeah, she was uh, Leslie yeah. Mann's sister. She was really good in that, actually. Um. I think she's a good actress. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that holds her back is her uh, voice. She's got a very high-pitched, like, squeaky-type voice. Mousy. I like her mousy voice. It's got a little rasp to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, I, like, um, I like her. Her and her husband did a film a year or two back. Um, I've heard mixed things about it. One, one person I know, she said it was kind of depressing to That's watch okay. and hard to watch. So, yeah, Biodome um, was hard to watch. Most Polly Shore movies are hard to watch. <laughs> like Encino Man should have stopped there. Yeah. 
But, you know, Kevin Smith loves Batman. He especially loves the 1989 Batman movie. Uh-huh. And Silent Bob is like this love letter to Tim Burton's 1989 Batman film. That's funny. Because, you know, the whole... The 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 grappling gun. Yeah, the belt. The, the utility belt. The, the helmet yeah. with the ears. So, we also see... Uh, off in the background that uh, Renee is already uh, with Shannon. Oh, yeah. Like, that was really almost, fast. Almost immediately after she dumped a guy. You know, thinking back to high school, I've heard of things like this happening, though. Really? Like, immediately the day after. They've already got another male suitor at their door. That happens with pretty girls, I guess. Yeah, second suitor. Yeah, second suitor. Um... I want to talk a little bit about the dialogue in this movie. I love the dialogue in this movie. I don't know what the script would have looked like, but it had to have been, okay, this is Renee's part, and it fills the whole page. Yeah, there's a lot of speaking. Because they they're, their back and forth is so fast and so energetic mm-hmm. that uh, I, I don't know how they did that, did that all in one take. Because there's no cutaways. It is all one take at that point. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And, and so... Brody had the most lines, yeah. I think. Yeah, he had the... He had pages of pages and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who, like, months before that, was just this skater guy. Mm-hmm. You know? He invented, like, skater moves. <laughs> I'm not a skater, so I don't give a crap. Um... But yeah, he's just this guy. He's basically a Tony Hawk type. Yeah. You know, um, Lords of Dogtown kind of deal, right? So, yeah. and uh, Brody and Brenda, or Renee, they they make Whoopi in little an elevator. T- too little, too late. Too little, too late. Yeah. I thought, I thought you said it was a good size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... He did get his jacket back, though. Yeah, he did get his jacket back. <laughs> uh, so they do it on the on the on the elevator. I thought this was kind of a good scene, though. Yeah, because it really shows couples don't talk enough. Right. Shannon beats Brody up at some point. Well, yeah, because you know he snuck her onto the yeah. elevator. But what happens is, is that. Brody tells everybody that the Easter Bunny did it. This sounds like something you would say and yeah. someone would mistake what you say. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you know, the Easter Bunny, uh, I told the Easter Bunny that the one at the other mall is a more convincing Easter Bunny. He, he beat his ass. Yeah. And yeah. of course, Jay and, and Bob being simple-minded, yeah. loving people. They go up and beat down that guy. What's funny though is the children also beat on Jay yeah. and Silent Bob. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty funny scene. The kids get involved, not unlike Dogma, where they burst through this door, they fire a gun, and Mooby has a hole in him. Yeah. Yeah. So similar. It but is different. similar. Oh yeah, they mentioned the governor's ball. These two network network executives are like, we don't want an incident like what happened at the governor's ball. I don't know why Kevin Smith left that in. Um, I know it was edited out a long a long while. The original opening to this movie was terrible. Um, 
Oh, it must have been at the governor's ball. It was at the governor's ball. Okay. And uh, T.S. and his girlfriend are talking about, you know, going away. And then something happens, and I think the governor accidentally gets shot, or a gun goes off. Oh, my. And the governor gets tackled. Very uh, weird scene. And it's in the DVD extras, if you ever want to see it. I don't understand how that would involve Mr. Svenning. Well, it was... uh, so he was raising fun, fundraising for her or something oh. like that. Huh. Um, but yeah, it was just this weird scene. And I'm glad they took it out because, like, T.S. was dressed up like a Minuteman. Um, weird. Yeah. It sounds so, weird. So it was just out of place for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And, like, later on, when they're in the parking lot, uh, they mention this guy comes up and T.S. like belts him across the head. Yeah. And the original dialogue was, hey, aren't you the guy from the governor's ball? Or didn't I see you on the news last night or something weird? Uh-huh. But instead it's like, hey, did you break up with Brandy? Brandy's fending and he turns around and just belts the guy. I'm like, that was uncalled for. Yeah. That's something else about this movie. Everybody already knows everybody else's business. Yeah. And that is very reminiscent of high school. Yeah, very much. It's like people you don't even know, know stuff about you. Yeah. Um, Mr. Svenning really hates T.S. Well, he deflowered his child. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, what's her name? Brandy? She's, she's a good looking woman. She's very pretty. I think she's actually British or yeah. something. Yeah, you can she's tell. She's got an accent. She, she had a New Jersey accent, an American accent, and then a British accent all in the same movie. <laughs> so, yeah, she just couldn't get her it's accent down. It's hard to keep up. But the grossest scene in this whole movie happens around this time. Oh, yeah. And, uh. What Brody did was he stink palmed Mr. Svenning and then gave Mr. Svenning these chocolate covered pretzels. I can't stand listening to people eat no. or watch people chew. This was gross. Him licking his hand. I get almost angry if I have to listen to people eating, especially crunchy food. He really does. And so, like, that's why I have the TV on. I can't. If we were in a silent room, I cannot be in that room with people <laughs> while they're eating. So, yeah, that part happens. Uh, what what happened that Brand or uh, Brent? What happened with Renee when she goes up to Willem and he turns and he goes, Brenda. That was pretty oh, funny. She's going to get Jay and Silent Bob because yeah. because uh, T S and Brody are getting arrested right because of reasons well mr Svenning wants him wants them out of the mall yeah so during the show so he apparently concocted he he uh he and laforce made a plan yeah to get them out oh yeah and laforce has drugs in his ridiculous hat yes no words were spoken by laforce no none whatsoever he doesn't speak english correct he, I think he speaks English. I think he just doesn't speak well, oh. or he didn't at this time. Um, he he did a lot of Arnold movies. He he was a famous bodybuilder. Uh, he was in The Running Man, Conan the Barbarian, Twins. Oh, I mean, wow. He was in all these movies. He was, most famously though, I had to look it up. It was called Abraxas. Uh-huh. Starring Jesse the Body Ventura, where, uh... Sven, he played this villainous character uh-huh. being hunted by 
Jesse Ventura, who was an assassin, not an assassin, but a, a bounty hunter, like an intergalactic bounty hunter. So, yeah, it was it was a strange movie, and it was on uh, it was on Amazon Prime for a long time. I don't think it's on there anymore. So, would you say LaForce is Arnold's uh, hetero life mate? Yeah, yeah, he is Silent Sven. Yeah, there you go. He probably talks better than Arnold, by the way. I'm sure, yeah. Arnold, Arnold's lived in this country for, like, how long? It is really hard to get rid of some accents, and though. He, it's just still there. He sounds the same as he did in 1980. But back back to this, Jay and Silent Bob come to the rescue. They crack LaFors over the head with a baseball bat, like an aluminum baseball bat. I think he could have died from yeah. that kind of a crack. And he's like, kneel before Zod, snoochy boochies, you know. And As uh, stupid as he is, I still love him to this day. <laughs> and he's funny, too. He's he's a he's great personality. He's funny. Um, and what, what Smith said, what, that the Jason Muse character, the Jay character, comes from when Jay was like maybe 15 or 14, where he had like this high energy just crazy says stuff mm-hmm. like when i started listening to uh jay and silent bob get old um when i started listening to podcasts it was really weird because uh jay would call him moves oh m-o-v-e-s <laughs> but for a while there i thought he was calling him moobs oh like like, like movie? man boobs <laughs> oh <laughs> like moobs but it was moves uh-huh and uh and i was like that's really rude but then they explained it you know because like i guess people were like why is why is he always call you moobs but it was moves and uh he says oh he calls me moves because uh i was the first one that had sex with a woman oh that's and funny so, like i had all the moves <laughs> and i'm like kevin smith had the moves um so they both have uh different qualities that women would like yeah yeah one's rich the other one is skinny even no no (laughs) (laughs) uh they go to this dirt mall ts and brody this dirt mall reminded me of a mall that i went to in florida when we lived down there well yeah it reminds me a little bit of like uh jamie's flea market up in uh near cleveland Oh, I don't even know um, that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying near Cleveland. It could be like 45 miles <laughs> from Cleveland. All I remember is that we traveled north to get there. Um, but, uh, yeah, this place had, like, comic books. It had this leather jacket it on display. everything. No, I'm talking about Jamie's Flea oh, Market. Oh, okay. Uh, Jamie's Flea Market had, like, everything. And my mom would take us there, and I'd be like, oh, we got to get something. We We should get something. She wasn't there to shop. She was there to look around. You don't go to a store with a kid and think you're just going to look around. <laughs> what the heck? We, My dad must have known somebody at the one we would go to. Because I remember sitting at someone's booth and just talking to them for hours. Yeah, I met your dad. Your dad does that. It's weird. He does that with strangers. I had a weird life. Yeah. <laughs> uh... But they go to this uh, this psychic, right? Uh-huh. Uh, played Fortune by, teller. Played by Priscilla Barnes. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't know this at first, but she has done nudity in the past. 
and when somebody I watched for a couple years on television suddenly takes off their top, I'm hooked. <laughs> um, and this was this. I mean, Terry from Three's Company, I got to see her boobs. Yep. Now, one boob was a little bit more realistic than the other boob. <laughs> Because one boob had two very good-looking nipples. Like the, one, the, the third the nipple looked really real. Yeah, the prosthetic nipple looked incredibly real. Like, at first I couldn't tell which nipple was the real nipple. Yeah. And I was like, wait, look at the symmetry. Yeah. <laughs> There's the real one. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and I'm like, huh. And Brody's grossed out by this, and I don't know why. It's hilarious. But, like, she's telling the future, or telling their fortune... T.S. is like, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And he's like, just Doesn't enthralled with this whole thing. Doesn't even notice the nipples anymore. Yeah. And uh, that's that with that, really. Um, you find out the third nipple's fake. Yeah, it's like she a takes, jelly. She takes it off and she pops it in her mouth. And uh, Kevin Smith said in the in the DVD commentary that uh, the scene was a little extended. And there's probably an extended scene mm-hmm. where she goes, oh, cherry. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's pretty funny. Um, another story, uh, that, that has been told on the podcast was that Jason Muse thought he was going to get Terry from Three's Company, like sex. Oh, that's, sex was going to happen. That's funny. Yeah. And they're like, you stay away from her. Like, like his character in Dogma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, you stay away from her. She, she, we are not trying to scare her away from this movie set. Right. So... Had she known, I don't know, but uh, he was uh, he was DTF, you know. It looked like he was always DTF. Yeah, he was. That's just him. They get back to the mall, the regular mall, with this newfound uh, energy and power. Yes. Do they no? They get Jay and Son Bob to get the guys high for the truth or date. Yes. But one of them is. Not. Yeah, Gil's MIA. Yeah, not there. So he's like, what happened to these guys? No, they got high. We're, we're the replacements, you know. Take, just don't say anything. Keep your head down. Nothing will happen to you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, holy crap. <laughs> and then this cop shows up. Hey, what happened to these guys? Oh, these guys, they uh, they got high. And then they punched that guy out. And that guy was Roddy, I think they called him in the show. Or in the movie. Yes. That's Mr. Spenning's. It's uh, the producer. worst cop performance ever. Yeah, yeah, she was terrible. Uh, but Roddy was played by Scott Mosier. Yes. And Scott Mosier... Was Willem was, before. Was Willem in the first movie, in, in Clerks. But he's also Kevin Smith's producer. Um, and he really, like, transformed himself to look that clean. <laughs> Oh really? I don't want to say that Scott Mosier looks dirty. No, he's, but he's usually always like got a beard. Scruffy looking, yeah. you know, kind of like a laid back personality. Kind of talks a little bit like this, you know. So it's like him being this other guy was very strange to me. Yeah. Um, but he gets punched out. Mm-hmm. And handcuffed. And handcuffed. That's the weird um, thing. So. Now Brody and TS are on truth or date. Yeah. And it's it's the dating game. It is nothing groundbreaking or original or new. No. It's the dating game. There's a curtain in between the woman and the suitors. suitors. And uh, TS is suitor number one. 
Brody is second suitor, and this young man named Gil Hicks, who I believe they said has a master's degree in arts and and uh, uh, literature. Yeah, I didn't care. Uh, from Rutgers. So he is an educated man. Uh-huh. Unlike unlike his cousin Dante, who dropped out of college to work at a convenience store the rest of his life, Gil actually went to college. Yeah. Contrast. One of their cousins, I forget his name, he's a television reporter. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, there's a bunch of Hicks yeah, characters out Hicks. there. There's a bunch of Hicks in this show. <laughs> um, we also saw Walt Flanagan twice in the movie playing two different characters as well. In this movie? Yes. Uh, he played Fanboy Walt. Everybody knows Fanboy Walt if you watch Kevin Smith movies. He's the one that's always like, tell him Steve Dave. And I'm wondering if Steve Dave is his name or if his name is Steve Davidson oh, or something like that. Yeah. And they just called him Steve Dave. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I tried for a little while, instead of calling somebody Chris, I'd call him Topher. Yeah. Be like, hey, Topher. You know, and uh, it didn't stick. They didn't like it. I should have just kept doing it. <laughs> it would have been my thing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. This is the funniest part of the film. It's the climax of the film. Where she's asking them questions. And they're not even trying to disguise her voice. This also shows J- Jeremy London's uh, terrible acting range. Because he's like, I propose. And his eyes are always darting left and right. Yeah. It's a very odd scene yeah. because of how he's acting. The audience is funny um, because they just react to everything Brody says. Um, well, Brody is charming. Gil. Gil's just this lump of nothing. <sighs> Gil is the worst of the worst of the dating game con- uh, amalgamation, I I'm guess like, you could say. I'm like a jackhammer. Yeah, there's going to be a little pressure, but you're you're going to be changed forever. That's See, so what the terrible. What does that even mean? Yeah, it's uh, supposed to be terrible, but God yeah. dang. <laughs> so, yeah, we got a little bit of interaction. Brody tells one of the best stories of all time, the plane crash story. Yes. And I'm not going to get into the plane crash story. You can look it up on YouTube if you don't want to pay Kevin Smith money to see this. You can see it on YouTube, probably. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. There's also this whole thing about where where they keep calling him a homophobe. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not gay. And it's like, what are you, a homophobe? You know, Brody totally mm-hmm. turns it on him. And I was like, this is 95. 1995. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's because Kevin Smith's uh, brother is gay. Yeah. And uh, and he was sensitive to that stuff. Like, he was aware that people say things. Yeah. So. So, um, you know, it was kind of interesting. Before before this, the long before this, and I skipped right over it, was the Stanley cameo. Oh, yeah. How did you miss that? Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I went to from Topless Psychic to they're back at the mall in the show. But before that, you get Stan Lee. It's in between the two. Yeah. It's after the Dirt Mall. After the Dirt Mall before Truth or Date. Yeah. And uh, I watched this with tears in my eyes this time because he passed away and he has been part of my growing up. 
So, like, I'd hear his voice, mm-hmm. and I'd know, that's Stan Lee. I'd see his face and know exactly who that guy was. That's Stan Lee. And uh, this is the first live-action film that he was in that he had speaking lines. Uh-huh. He didn't even have full-on speaking lines in half the Marvel movies no. that have come out recently. Yeah. He does now, but, like, I think in the first X-Men movie, he just... Uh, serving hot dogs yeah something um in the first hulk movie he was with lou ferrigno there were security guards and they were just walking through the set but he got speaking lines here this is how why i like kevin smith is because if he likes you you're gonna get speaking lines you're going to be in this movie yeah you're going to be a part of the Kevin Smith uh, viewers universe forever. Cause he, Kevin uh, Stanley did a cameo in uh, yoga hosers. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. So it's just, I really can't express how Stanley kind of affected me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And when he died, I was sad. I was very, very sad. But I knew he was going to die. He was 96 oh, years yeah. old. I mean, nobody lives forever. Uh, and then yesterday we watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh-huh. There he was. He's like, boy, I did drugs in the 60s and now I'm paying for it. He's such a funny you know, scene. Just, yeah. Just these deadpan deliveries of lines. But in this, he was, he was pretty spry. He told these stories about love. You know, uh, Dr. Doom is in all this armor. That was me. I was shielding myself. Or, you know, other things, you know. That was me. And I was it's like, all BS stories, Yeah, too. they're all BS stories. Yeah. <laughs> stuff that Kevin Smith wrote. Yeah. But it was it was interesting to see all that. No, it was a really good scene. So, anyway, that's my little rant about Stan Lee and how, you know, he was just an influence to me. Um, probably one of the nicest guys in the world, you know. Yeah. He just seemed like one of the friendliest, nicest people in the world. So now we're back at Truth or Date. Brody tells his story about his Uncle Walter again, I think. Plane's going down. He's whacking away. Plane writes itself. They all put their pieces and whatnot back in. Then Gil asks this very, very inappropriate question. Also, during this time, Trish the Dish is getting a videotape of Shannon. Yeah. Because she films all of her encounters. Yeah. Again, it's questionable. I think it's illegal. Silent <laughs> Bob was already, it's already been noted in the movie that Silent Bob uh, hooked up his mom's vibrator with some chicken wire and stuff. Yeah, something. And so, like, he's an electrical genius, so he's setting up a VCR he's hanging upside down swinging hanging upside down very Batman-ish and uh, she's got the tape she drops it down to him yeah Jay drops the tape too far and it it falls like past him because I don't think Silent Bob is a very athletic person no Willem still can't see that dang sailboat and he loses his damn mind 
This is where I wrote down, like, he goes all Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, he just like, ah! And even in the opening credits, they show Willem's character as a Hulk-like character. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and he just kicks the thing. Like, Ethan Supley, he was easily 500 pounds. He was a big guy back then. Uh, he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah, he's lost weight since uh, My Name is Earl. I think he, he says he's never going to be skinny, but he's healthier. Yeah, as long as he's healthy and um, happy. But, yeah, it was just, like, he does that. He goes over to the set of Truth or Day, like, behind-the-scenes set. And uh, he's like, why? Why can't I see the sailboat? And then he kicks the thing. Of course, Silent Bob thinks that he, like, Jedi... uh, Yeah, he's been trying to be a Jedi and, like, use the Force to get stuff this whole movie. Tate gets in there. He pops it in. Who's your favorite new kid? I love... The new kids on the block references here, and <laughs> Call me I Joey. totally forgot about him. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's holding uh, uh, railing that Shannon. girl. Yeah, Shannon railing that girl, <laughs> and uh, she looks bored. Yeah, and he's like, Brody's like, that girl's fifteen, so they arrest Shannon. Yeah, like without any kind of like, I don't know, due process. They just arrest him. They also let Brody punch him in the stomach. Yeah. Um, they're like, we can't do that. And, and they're like, please. And Renee got to pat him on the butt as they were leaving. I mean, these are the terrible cops. Yeah. Um, During this time, also, T.S. proposes to Brandy. Brandy says yes. Then we get that uh, Animal House style, where are they now kind of deal. Well, we get, uh, right before that, we get Silent Bob's one line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he says... uh says, adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. Yeah. The running jokes usually is, you know, Silent Bob talks and he only says sagely things. Yes. Um, like the like the Amy story. Yes. Or, uh... Which is a great story. Or, like, in... When he's trying to pantomime stuff and Jay and Silent Bob strike oh, back. yes. And, and Jay just is not getting it. And he goes, the car! The car! You're an idiot! <laughs> you know, that kind of deal. Uh-huh. Um, just, he said something in the first movie, in, in Clerks. I call it the first movie. It is not the first movie. It is a movie with mm-hmm. Jay and Silent Bob in it. It's not a prequel. It's not a sequel. It's just set in the same world. But yeah, he, he said sagely things. Then we get to the ending. Yes. And that's like, I think and they might have done it in Fast Time is at Ridgemont High as well. But I know they did it in Animal House where they're like, yeah, this where guy are they went now? on to be a doctor. They yeah. did it in Anchorman too. Yeah. Or also, not too. Brody becomes like the talk show host of The Tonight, the show. Tonight show. And I'd watch that show. I would too. Brenda became his band leader, or Renee became his band leader. You can call her Brenda. So. <laughs> uh, what else happened? Tia's and Brandy get T.S. married. Brandy get married. When Jaws comes out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, Trisha's book comes out. Yeah. And LaForce is there. LaForce is there, and she kisses him. He kisses her on the forehead. Uh huh. So, like, they're a thing. Ew. Yeah. Well, he's probably, you know, he's all muscly. Shannon's in jail. Yeah, Shannon's he's getting in jail. railed now. Yeah, he's gonna be having sex in a very uncomfortable place. Yeah, like the back of a Volkswagen. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, Willem finally sees the uh, sailboat. Yeah, but does he? <laughs> and then uh, finally, they don't say what happened to Gwen. I guess Gwen dies of AIDS. No, they didn't say anything about <laughs> Gwen. Um, she was more of a side. She was. I was but... kind of surprised they actually didn't say anything about Gwen. Yeah. But yeah, my my favorite scene actually is right here at the end. Yeah, with the uh, with the monkey Suzanne. Yeah, Suzanne the, the orangutan. I I I love that Weezer song. Yeah, and they're just walking off into the sunset with Suzanne. They're like Jay and Silent Bob, and Suzanne. Well, that's a story that's coming up. <laughs> and they did some stuff. Like Kevin Smith, I don't think he was gonna write Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but after Chasing Amy was fairly successful i think he decided to but he had written some comics and one of them had suzanne in it in the comic oh, okay. as like a test subject mm-hmm. very similar to the movie yeah um but that came out after dogma he had to do dogma first Dogma's a good movie yeah yeah i think well mall rats is like i love mall rats mm-hmm. and i said that it's my favorite movie it's probably not my favorite kevin smith movie though because I really, really, really enjoy Dogma. And I, we were talking about this last night with some friends. I think I came to the conclusion that, like, out of all of his movies, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I like Red State the most. But you did the, mention out that. of the Universe movies, Dogma is my favorite. I really enjoy Dogma. Yeah. Um, But I would say Mallrats is probably my favorite. Yeah. I relate to it a lot from that era. Renee finally gets to see Brody's parents, and they liked her. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Liked her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's the movie. In a nutshell, we just walked you through the whole movie, talked about our favorite parts of the movie. I think this is one of his better movies, but not really. Like, he gets more artistic later on. For a beginning of a career, it's really good for yeah. that. Yeah, and first getting. Film. This was his first movie that was budgeted by a studio yeah um later in his career he's uh crowdfunded for those films okay um, that makes sense but but they're weird movies too red state's a weird movie that is not a kevin smith movie red tusk, state was good tusk is frighteningly good but crazy i'm gonna disagree with you on tusk no it's a good movie it really is eh. And in Yoga Hosers is probably the weirdest movie I've ever seen him do. I was going to say, if you say ever, that's not true. Because we've seen a Razorhead and uh, uh, that Oingo Boingo movie. Yeah, Forbidden Zone. Yeah, Forbidden Zone. That is probably the weirdest movie. That's probably the weirdest movie I own, yeah. So, who's your favorite character in this movie? Brody's actually my favorite. Really? Yeah, I, I had a huge crush on, yeah. like, I was boy crazy during this era, and I had a huge crush on Jason Lee. I'm going to go with uh, Gwen. Really? I liked Gwen. She was honest. She was very honest. She never treated anybody poorly. No. She was just a good person. Yeah. Happy-go-lucky. Got to see her boobies. Got to see her change her underwear. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. If I had a friend like that, I'd hang out with her. Yeah. I definitely would. Um, who was your least favorite character? Um, I would say 
T.S. is probably my least favorite character. Yeah, T.S. and Brandy are both not very good characters. They're kind of selfish. Well, Brandy wasn't selfish. She was. She wasn't really selfish. She was selfless because she was doing things for her dad. Right. And T.S. was very selfish. Well, they're both selfish, I think. Okay. In that sense. Because she was willing to drop, drop her plans. all her yes. plans just for They her could dad. have found any girl to yeah. do that. So, yes. Okay. I can see yeah. your point. And I don't then. know how pretty Julie was, the the girl who died. Yes. And, uh, oh, here's what I was going to talk about. Julie dies. Yeah. So, there's a funeral for Julie that, that Dante and Randall go to in Clerks. Right. Um, where something happens and the coffin gets turned over. Yes. It's explained in a comic book, um, the clerk's comic book, but it wasn't shown on screen, but it shows people like shaking their fists at them and, <laughs> and, uh, and all that. So the, the movies tie together that way. Uh, Derek. Yeah. Rick, Rick Derek is ties them together as well. Yeah. 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 Cause he's in both the films. He's mentioned. Yeah. So is, uh, so is like Walt Flanagan's dog. Yes. So, yeah, world building was not uncommon, but in Kevin Smith's world, he reads comics. Yeah, everything's tied together. Mm-hmm. You have Thor living in the same universe as Spider Man. Right. You have the Punisher doing his thing while Captain America's doing his thing. Right. So. They're different stories, and they can interact at some point, and they kind of do in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But, yeah, I thought that was always a funny, funny thing that uh, when I realized it was her, and I think she was mentioned again in Chasing Amy, the girl who died. Probably. So, what did you think about the acting? Some people really did really well in this. this. Yeah. Um, uh, Shana Dordery. Yeah perfect as normal you know i think jason lee did a really good job especially with all the lines that he had gwen um joey lauren adams did really good job michael rooker played a really good bad guy yeah so i did mention that jason lee was not going to be cast to play jay in this movie earlier oh i didn't realize he was gonna play jay Jason Lee? No, not Jason Lee. Jason Mewes. That's who I'm talking about. I was going to say. So Jason Mewes was not going to be chosen. I think they tried Jason Biggs. I'm pretty sure they tried Seth Green. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, And and a couple others. But what Jay did to impress the network or the executives um, at a table read was uh, he learned everybody's lines. Oh, wow. And he, he acted them out, and he impressed them. Wow, he, that is impressive. He fought for his job, and he got it. That's really good. I can't um, see anybody else no, really playing him. His first scene was the stuff behind the curtain. Oh. So that was the first stuff that they shot. Okay. And I think Kevin did that as like, well, now he's in the movie, so, I mean, he's got to be Jay, <laughs> you know? I mean, he's his best friend. Yeah, it's just interesting to see that a person like that. And Jay, Jason Mewes, he's not a great actor. He pretty much plays a, an amped up version of himself. Yeah. 
but he's good at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we watched a little bit of Todd in the Book of Pure Evil uh, when it was on Netflix. And uh, he played a janitor in that. Yeah. He was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I saw him in a movie that uh, he was clearly on a lot of uh, extracurricular medication. You can say he was on drugs. <laughs> Everybody knows it. And uh, <laughs> he was so gaunt and thin. Yeah. I was worried. I was like, oh, so this is his last movie. Kevin was really worried about him at one time. Everybody was. Yeah. Um, didn't Didn't he say at one point that he wasn't going to pay him anymore? Like he, he was going to yeah. put it in like a fund or something? Yeah, it was something about merchandising. Oh. He was going to just stop doing merchandising because he felt like he was uh funding jason's right uh addiction and yeah. uh during dogma he he was missing some days and oh, things like that mm-hmm. so yeah jason muse has had a hard life i'm glad that he's better yeah absolutely um he doesn't look like himself anymore no his teeth are a little fake yeah they don't look real i don't know it, it changed his, yeah, his face facial, looks different. Uh, features, but you can see it. In, you can hear his voice and go, oh, "That's Jason Muse." Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plus, he's getting older. Yeah, Mallrats is a great movie. Yeah. So, how much money do you think it costs to make this film? Well, he did have a budget. He did have a budget. He did have to rent out a mall, right? Yes. Like this was an active mall. I don't know if this was an active mall. I think this was a uh, a, a mall that had closed down. Okay. Because that makes it considerably different. Yeah. Yes. To tear down the sets and bring the sets back up every day, that would have been Well, no, enormous. but you would have had to have closed a mall. Yeah. So, or just been like, hey, we're shooting, which well, just seems unreasonable. Well, they could have done what Romero did in uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead, or Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and he only shot at night. Right, when it was closed. And then they would replace whatever they broke, you know. I'm sure they broke a lot of stuff. Uh, in not movie. really. They broke a window. They broke, you know, some oh. stuff. But, like, old TVs were used to be smashed and things oh, like that. Uh-huh. So it wasn't too bad. TV stores in malls. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember Frickin malls, bookstores, CD places. And, like, yeah, like I was one of those people... Books. I was one of those people that hung out at the mall just to hang out. Um, we had an arcade in our mall. Yeah, I remember arcades. Aladdin's Castle. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't go to the mall very often. But I would go there. We, I'd get a drink at the food court and we'd just sit around and just jaw. You liked people watching. Yeah, I, yeah. people aquariums are the best thing like in the world. I don't like people. I don't care. I know. It's fun. Well, no, I'm saying that's the difference you between You can come us. up with stories. You'd be like, oh, what's their story? Let's make one up. That might be fun now. Yeah, it's always fun. The older I get, the less I care. I still do it when we go to the mall. Like, you'll be like, oh, I'm going to go to Spencer's or Hot Topic or... I never want to go to Spencer's. Somewhere. Well, Hot wherever. Topic, yes. <laughs> and uh, and I'll be like, all right, I'll just sit here. I'll just sit there and I'll watch people argue with each other. Mm-hmm. I'll watch people trying on shoes. It's just weird. It's awkward. Not really. It's normal. Yeah, I kind of just walk through the mall like nobody else is there. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like how people drive. Whew. Anyway. So, yeah. How much um, do you think this movie costs? <laughs> Crap. Um, 
It is his second feature film. His first one cost $27,000 to make. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it was a million dollars at all. I think that'd be ridiculous to say. I'm going to say like 500000 Okay. No, it was $6.1 million. You're freaking kidding me. No, I'm serious. Yeah, they, they gave him a budget of six one. $6.1 million. Now, he had the Boy Meets World guy. He oh, had, come on. He had the Charmed Girl. She wasn't our Charmed yet. She was on, She was going to be. She she was probably fishing for a role. A new job, yeah. Because she'd gotten canned off I think of 90210. I, I think I would have liked it better if it was uh, Alyssa Milano or somebody else. I don't know. I like, I like Shannon. Alyssa there. Milano seems like a Jersey girl to me. Probably because of who's the boss. Exactly. She might have been too young at the time, too. Alyssa Milano was also uncharmed. Yeah. Um. Now that you know how much money this movie was budgeted, how much money do you think this movie made? Crap. Um. Domestic U.S. box office only. I have no idea. All right. Two point one million dollars. See, that's what I thought. It, yeah, it I thought lost, it was way lower. It, it lost four million dollars. It that's did not a make. Lot. It did not even come even. Yeah, because I remember a lot of people not talking about this film. No, I had to find this film. I I had a nerd tell me about the film. Mm-hmm. So like, it was this underground thing when it became available in the home video market. Yeah. Um, much like Empire Records, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's filmed around the same time. Um, you see a lot of people wearing flannel, people with mullets, uh, ridiculous facial hair. It'd be like, in 20 years, we'll be like, oh yeah, that was definitely the late 2010s because everybody's got tattoos and they're wearing halfway <laughs> to nothing, you know? Well, that's the thing. It seems like when 2000 hit... The fashion has kind of stayed the same. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Like, right now, flannel's coming back. Yeah. Which I'm grateful for, because I love flannel. I never owned flannel. I can't remember you ever owning anything flannel. Mm-mm. I've always been a t-shirt and shorts guy. But yeah, this movie lost money. Um, but it has a cult following. People watch this movie regularly. They should. It's um, good. It's funny. It's a for a fun with, time. I don't know how much money gets paid for movies to be on HBO, Showtime, Netflix. But somebody's got to get money for this, right? I'm sure they've made their money back. So, yeah, they probably made their money back because of the cult following. Because I don't know how many theaters it was in to make this little money. This was a universal picture, so it should have been on everything. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't. When we saw the trailer, they... Oh, they gave it away. Well, they give a lot of You don't know it if you haven't seen it. But once you've seen the movie, you're like... Why would anybody go see it? They just told us what's in what, what it's about. They also promote the music, yeah, much do. like Empire Records yes. did. Mm-hmm. So I think they were trying to promote the music over the actual film itself. Um, That's a shame. Yeah, and it is a shame. So it's a much better plot than Empire Records. Much better direction. I'm not. I think. I'm not even going to compare the two. I compare them all the time. Oh, because I really like Empire Records. Yeah. So, but I really like this stuff. But no, we we recently got a new TV. We heard things in this version. Yeah. That we'd never heard before. Yeah, I can't remember what we heard that one time, though. Well, but when, we were like, what the heck just happened? When when uh, Bob goes through 
the second time from flying. Yeah. And you can hear the lady, the store, oh, yeah, calling, calling, the police or something. calling security. Somebody just busted through the wall or something. Yeah, and it was like, I've never heard that yeah. before. And you'd hear different kinds of music. Right. And I, I, I don't know if it's because of the television or it's or, just us paying attention to backgrounds. Cause it I, could be. Right now, like when we're watching a movie I have seen a couple times, I'll look at the background and I'll say, oh, that guy is doing absolutely nothing. Like we were watching uh, Schooled. Yeah. And we just saw a kid in his locker. He, he wasn't was just, just standing in his locker. There. His head was in the locker and he was just like, it was like uh, that scene from the Blair Witch Project where you yeah. just see him just standing there stiff. And I'm like... That extra has no idea what he wants to do. No. He's just there. He's just standing there. It's not like John Favreau. It's awkward, too, because then once you spot it, you can't look away. It's not like when John Favreau was in Uncle Buck and he had his dome light on. Oh, that's funny. uh, On purpose. When he was an extra. Yeah. Yeah. So he would be like, that that was me. Yeah. Or the the kid in Teen Wolf who flopped out his wiener and uh, that stayed on. Did it? Yeah. A lot of people think that it was uh, actually his shirt tail. Oh. Coming through a zipper. Uh-huh. But, uh... It's not, is it? I think it's a wiener. <laughs> I do. I just do. I did not like Teen Wolf. Yeah, well, we're eventually going to talk about it. Huh. Michael J. Fox. I like Michael J. Fox, but He's, I didn't like that movie. In, in his defense, he is no Tom Cruise. That's a good thing. Yeah. So, thanks for listening. This has been Happy Funtime Movie Hour. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies 1. That is Funtime Movies and the number 1. You can also follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Funtime Movie Hour. You can subscribe to us. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. As for that, all I can say is what the heck are you listening to me for? Get up and go watch a movie. Stan. Hi. Hey. Hey, you know, I think he bought it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. What kind of story did you give him? Oh, it was the vulture soliloquy, you know, from the Spider-Man anniversary issue. Love, be a vulture tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough, Mr. Oh, forget it. But, you know, I think you ought to get him some help. He seems to be really hung up on superhero sex organs. But you'll I'll outgrow it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Mr. Lee. Yeah. Excelsior. Oh, you got that right. See ya.